What's up, Internet? You're tuned in episode 62 of the podcast. I'm your host, Peter Messi, joined as always by my very good friends, Mr. Stephen Radford. Hello. And Pixelmar. Hello. Oh my god, we're here, guys. What's up? Welcome yeah. back to the show. I thought you were going to swap that around, man. You know, like you swapped the number countdown at the beginning. I thought you were going to swap our names around. That oh, do really Pixel for No, me. that was- I can't do that because of the tenor that I put on it, because I'm like Stephen Radford and Pixelpar, okay. and it wouldn't work if I do it did it backwards. It, it just would be weird. It just ruins your creativity. You should try it. Try it now. Okay. What's up, Internet? You're tuned in episode 62 of the podcast. I'm your host, Pete and Bessie, joined as always by my very good friends, Mr. Pixelpar. Hey, guys. And Stephen Radford. <laughs> <laughs> it's not as good. Yeah, that's not as good. No, that work. no uh, not as good at all. Well, okay. I loved it. <laughs> it was a fun experiment. I'm glad we tried it. But, you know, sometimes if it ain't broke, don't fix it, you know? But anyway, welcome back to the podcast. If this is your first time joining us here on the podcast, thank you. Uh, this is BluePots.com's weekly Nintendo podcast where we get together and talk about, wouldn't you know, Nintendo. Uh, so if this is your first time or you're a long-time listener, you can show your support by uh, giving this episode a like, um, subscribing to the RSS feed wherever you get your podcast. If there's somewhere where you like to get them and we're not, let us know and we'll get there. If you want to check out some more of our content, you can head over to LootPots.com or our YouTube channel or our Twitch channel or any of the other places that people make content on the internet. Or follow at LootPots all around the social... Well, that's just Twitter right now. Twitter. <laughs> all around the Twitter. All around the Twitterverse. Uh, and then if you want to connect with us, you can go ahead and join our Discord. Uh, you can write into the show by hitting me up at Pete at Lupots.com and get your thoughts right on the air like some of the fine folks did in our mailbag section. And last but not least, if you want to show your utmost support, you can head over to Patreon.com slash and support us at that $5 level if you want to get access to our patron-exclusive show, After Dark, where we talk about things like hot cross buns. <laughs> That's a pre-show joke. Anyway... Uh, <laughs> Let's uh, let's hop into what we're playing this week. Uh, Pixel, you were playing a game called Knights and Bikes. What's up with that? I think it's Knights and Bikes or it's Bikes and Knights. I can't remember which you way around it goes. You don't know the name of the game. Well, it's got bikes and it's got knights. Okay. Any other co- commentary? Or... <laughs> yeah, that... so it's like a... Um, is that it? it it's co-optional, so you could play in co-op. And that's something that devs recommend. And you play as like a, a kid and their friend that they've just met. Um, who kind of lives in a trailer park and they kind of go on a little adventure like a Goonies style adventure um, and you'll be battling things and like it's it's kind of a play on the kids imagination versus what's actually happening so is it like turn based or no no it's like a RPG um, non turn based you attack like an action yeah okay um, yeah, I'm looking at screenshots of it. I really like the art style. It's, it is a really good game. It's become one of my favorite co-op games. Really? Uh-huh. It's, it's not that long. It's probably like six hours to beat. That's not too bad. Um, but you get like upgrades throughout it, and one of the upgrades is um, like a Nintendo gauntlet, like a glove. Like the power glove? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's, cool. that's awesome. And you can upgrade your bikes and stuff, and like, that's your main transport. Um, and you can add like different wheels, different spoke decorations, different seats. Like, there's quite oh, a lot to it. It's you know it doesn't really affect what happens in the game. It's just bonus stuff. It was published by um, Double Fine. Uh huh. It's a uh, Foam Swords developed it. Uh, I think it's been yeah, out they... on like PS4 and PC for quite a while now. But it's just got it came out... Switch. Yeah, it came out last year. I, I didn't hear about this. And uh, apparently, Foam Sword is made up of former Media Molecule staff. Yes. That, uh, 
Little Big Planet Dreams people. Yes, sir. It's funny too because uh, on Wikipedia, like it says, it's a cooperative adve- action adventure game inspired by the Goonies and Secret of Mana. I'm like, that sounds great. <laughs> Do you think Double Fine's going to keep publishing third party games now, or is this probably the last one? I don't know. I mean, because I- like obviously now they're owned by Microsoft. Like, I would think that they're most interested in their development efforts, yeah. but at the same time, like. They're a quality publisher of indie games, and like I can't see why Microsoft wouldn't want to get its stamp on more games. That's the whole reason they're buying all these studios, you know? I guess it'd just be like Microsoft publishing an indie game, but they'll just use a double fine for Lego and stuff. Name. Yeah. Like it's like uh it's kinda like how in like the nineties and stuff, like when Disney wanted to put out like R rated movies, they used like Buena Vista pictures or whatever, yeah. you know? It's like it's this is where the indie Microsoft games come out now. Yeah. According to like I, um a Destructoid interview with Tim Schafer, he says Double Fine Presents, which is our publishing label, will likely shut down but will live on in spirit. Damn. Live on in spirit, what does that mean? It's probably means Microsoft's just gonna publish them like it did with Ori. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Oh well. So Knights and Bikes. I wanna I'm gonna check that one out, I think. That sounds cool. I'd thoroughly recommend it. It's so good. Is it can you can you only play it in co op or can you No, no, it's co optional, so like you okay. can play it in one player and the AI will take control of the other character. Um and I think you can switch between characters if you're playing single player, so if you want because they diff have different abilities. Um so you pick up items like you starting off one has a frisbee and the other one has wellies. That's uh gear. <laughs> and they both do different things but you could combine attacks so like you can throw the frisbee and the other person can kick it with their wellies um, oh cool yeah so it, kind of, it works really well I, I'd recommend it in co-op did you ever get around to Unravel 2 because that's on sale at the moment and I was considering picking that up I played a bit of it on PS4 when it first came out because I loved the first one mm. um, and we, I think we got about halfway through it and then we just stopped playing I think it just got a bit difficult and we were looking to like get a relaxing co-op game at a time yeah. rather than a, uh, a challenging one but it was good yeah. it was good what are you see what have you been playing this week so i've been playing on the quality nintendo game the last of us on PlayStation <laughs> oh yeah for that's been nintendo really exclusive good. it's your fault hold up <laughs> can you believe that nintendo finally published a game on the ps4 i know it's just great and you wouldn't have thought they'd do one so violent where you can smash people's heads into brick walls and things but you know they did no hey man i've been playing i've been playing i've been playing that on the playstation it's like my third or fourth playthrough um it's pete's fault because you played it a couple of weeks ago or a month or so ago and we spoke a about it a few weeks a few well, months ago whatever, whatever it was there's <laughs> like late last year okay, we're well, almost in march buddy <laughs> well you 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 played it and i was like mm, yeah and i've been wanting to play it, play it since and i and i finally got around to it um i've just made it to pittsburgh or okay just past that no i made it to the school now i just killed the first um first boomer uh, and then I've also been playing uh, Two Point Hospital on Switch. I finally picked that up on Tuesday when it came out, and nice. I ha- haven't really put it down since. I've just 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 all I've been playing on on my third hospital. The first two I've got up to three stars, which is the max level you can get them to. Moved on to the third hospital, 
and I'm working on training up my staff. It plays incredibly well. It's a fantastic port. They've managed to yeah? translate the How controls. Does it the, the controls from keyboard to mouse have, have uh, translated really well. Um, so you use the right stick to move the camera around, and the left stick moves like a cursor in the middle of the screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can zoom in and out with the uh, the triggers and rotate items and things with the the bumpers, the le- the left and right shoulder buttons. Works really, really well. There's like a sh- the shortcuts to go to the various menus. So you press Y to like go down to the bottom menu where you can like choose to hire people or buy items or create rooms. And it just it works really well. My only disappointment with it is there's no touchscreen controls. It feels like this would have been the perfect game to have touchscreen controls where you could have pinched to zoom and pan around and select items. Mm-hmm. Even if they didn't want you to be able to do everything with touchscreen, just being able to pan around and pick up items and maybe move move rooms, things like that would have been a good addition. But otherwise, yeah. it's it's an, a fantastic port. You get both of the DLC packs with it, which includes additional hospitals and additional items that you can unlock. And so if, if you've played some of Two Point Hospital before and kind of left it, I would say pick it back up on, on Switch. It's, it's well worth playing. It's, it plays really, really well. I'm interested in it. Like, I definitely like that kind of game, and I would like something that's a little bit less, like, action-oriented to play when I'm tired, you know? Like, I, don't, I haven't had a game like that in a while, but it's like Animal Crossing is so close, Yeah, you know? And you've got Witch to be, which you've totally been playing, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I totally didn't focus on finishing The Outer Worlds and then playing uh, a new game this week. Uh, yeah, <clears throat> so in the notes, I wrote, finished Outer Worlds, and like a scumbag, I started a new game instead of Witcher 3, and that new game is Resident Evil 2 Remake. Oh my god, yes! Okay, yeah. you're you totally forgiving because that game is fantastic. It's it's good. I'm really enjoying it. I'm about I'm about like an hour and a half in. I started up last night. So you haven't met the uh, yet? No. Okay. I don't think so. Oh, you'll know if you met him yet. <laughs> my cat's screaming. Uh, yeah, so I... What did I do? I met I met the lieutenant, and then I went to the other. I cut open the fuse box and went to that other side of the, the other side of the building. Yeah, it's a really big police station. I figured out it was an art museum, so I was like, because at first I'm like, why is this place so freaking big? And I was like, okay, all right, it used to be an art museum. Fine, fine. It's great. Get rid of art museum and make it a police station. How American? Oh, Resident Evil games <laughs> set in like a police station at the beginning. No, the first one's in a mansion. The second one's in a police station. The third one's in around Raccoon City. And <laughs> this means do, nothing to me. You do end up going to the police station. And then the fourth one is set in just some random, like, strange place. It's like a little village in the middle of nowhere. It's, okay. not, like, uh, it's not like in Raccoon City anymore. Does a little village have a police station? No, it doesn't. They've got like, like wooden shacks and stuff. It's really, really strange. Because I remember playing. I, it must be two that I played then back in like PS One days. One, yeah, yeah that, that's the only one I've ever played. Mm-hmm. Who did the you tank controls? Who did you play as first? Uh, what's the guy's name? Leon. Yeah, that's the best Leon. way to play it. Leon A and then Claire B. Yeah, that was what I was thinking. I'd play as mm-hmm. Leon first, and then if I liked it enough, I'd go back. And you play have as Claire. to go back as Claire, as Claire, or you won't see the the real ending, and you won't get to see the the orphanage or the other side of the story. <sighs> well, damn. Okay, fine. It's really, really clever how it happens. Like you meet, you'll see like 
as you're playing as a Leon... The stories cross game, over, right? Yeah, as you play as Leon throughout the game, you'll see Claire. And you'll be like, oh my god, Claire, there you are. And then when you play as Claire, you see Leon at those same points. Like, you play yeah. a totally different story. You end up going to the going to similar places and some of the puzzles are the same. But you do see very different different aspects to the game. Yeah, I figured it would be pretty different just because... Like, at first I was like, oh, like... Are they like partners, I guess? And then it was like, oh, no, no, we got separated right away. I was like, okay, so they must be different. Yeah. Claire used to be an absolute nightmare to play as in the PS1 version. One munch on by a zombie and she was down to danger. It was like, and then she'd like limp along the place and she could barely do anything. She's an absolute badass in the remake, though. So it's, nice. It's, it's well worth playing. Yeah, I'm really enjoying it so far. Um, I definitely see why it was one of the most talked about games of last year, just in terms of, like, the engine is awesome. Like, I love the way it looks, and, like, it's so fucking spooky. <laughs> so I'm really I'm really enjoying it so far. Um, yeah, I'm doing it with uh, – I'm doing a thing with uh, the Gamer Delphia podcast where they're, they're doing four in February. Mm-hmm. So it's like you're supposed to pick four games from your backlog to beat, and Outer Worlds took me, like, the entire month. So I'm like, I'm going to beat Resident Evil before the month's over. I got three days. You could do it in three days. <laughs> Like eight hours. I already, work, like, <laughs> I already played like a fourth of it. But anyway, uh, so that's that. Let's jump into the news. That's it. I'm sorry, I didn't play The Witcher. <laughs> Do you think you will get back to The Witcher at some point, or is it now just like you're on to your other games, you're on to Animal Crossing? It's gonna go back onto the backlog. We'll see. That's, I think I'll play a little bit more of it. I'll play a little bit more of it. I think. I told Pixel I'd pay, play like twenty hours. Like I gotta like try. You've got to, you've get got to at least it. make it into like past White Orchard. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's still where I'm at. So. <laughs> yeah, you're still in like the training area. That's yeah, like, I've really that's done like anything. sitting in the main menu in Resident Evil and going, oh, might play it again later. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm sorry. Maybe the game should take less time to introduce how to play. It doesn't take that Resident much. Evil, yeah. I started playing within 30 seconds. I was like, okay, cool, tutorial's over. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> All right, so let's jump into the news. Uh, we'll kick things off with uh, a, a ton of news from Yacht Club Games this week. Uh, they had another one of their, um, what do they call them? The, uh, Yacht Club, Club Presents. Presents. Yeah, Yacht Club Presents. There we go. Thank you. Uh, so yeah, they did another one of those, and we got a, a ton of headlines that came out of it. Um, some people on this panel were disappointed, like Pixel, because he for some reason. I didn't say we disappointed. I said underwhelmed. That's slightly different. I think that's basically a synonym for disappointed. No, underwhelmed just means you know they didn't overwhelm me. They didn't meet my <laughs> they didn't expectations. Whelm me. They didn't whelm me. But yeah, I mean, I, there was a lot of news that came out of it, whether or not, uh, you know, you were excited by it. So uh, I, I, we'll we'll kick off with, uh, I think, the probably the most exciting headline, which was that they have confirmed that they have two new games in development, um, one of which at least seems to be a new IP. So during the presentation and then later on Twitter, um, they said, wouldn't it be interesting to see a brand new IP from Yacht Club Games, which... I think is like obviously a pretty clear hint that that's what they're working on. Mm-hmm. But then they also said um, they were like that both the games were a ways off, but they said, please begin to imagine what type of games we'll be crafting during 2020, the year of the rat. So, which again, feels like another pretty obvious clue. What that clue is. I don't know. Some kind of rat RPG. We'll see, but the, the use I'm of super the word crafting is interesting as well. 
not making, they, not oh, developing. Oh, I didn't think crafting. about that. Yeah. Yes. Good one. Good call out, Pixel. Yeah. See, Pixel's so, yeah, used I mean, to dropping clues and hints on Twitter. He does it with every tweet. True. So uh, he's he's very used to constructing these. Yeah. He knows he knows how to craft a mm. uh, a carefully worded press release. <laughs> so I uh, I mean obviously not much to go on here, right? Like mm-hmm. we got a very like that typical trailer that you always get when it when a team's like we have a game in development but we can't tell you about it yet. It's a bunch of people like stand around computers or drawing, but everything's blurred out. It's just like okay, great. Yeah. <laughs> But I, I I am very excited by this. I'm super excited by the idea of them getting to work on something that's not Shovel Knight, as much as I love Shovel Knight, you know? It, it, it could be like a Shovel Knight character game. Like, it might not be called Shovel Knight, but it could be a spin-off or something. Well, I don't think that's new IP, though. If you took the rat enemy, for example, and then made like a Metroidvania out of it. We're not making a Patella rat Metroidvania. That is a joke I made in my article, and <laughs> come on, that's not happening. Ratcraft, but, like Minecraft, but <laughs> rat you, only, craft. you can only build with rats. Year of the Ratcraft. Uh, I so I don't know. Like I think I think one of them is probably a new IP. I I wouldn't mm-hmm. be surprised if the other one is they're getting started on Shovel Knight two in some preliminary sense. Maybe. But I don't know. Like I after seven years, I feel like they're gonna excuse me. They're gonna want to work on something else for a little while. And it's not like we have any shortage of Shovel Knight. You know, like. The other things that they talked about, uh, they gave us an update on Shovel Knight Diggs development, and Mm -hmm. they said it's, quote, coming along great. It's going to be out next year. So that's something to look forward to. And then we also got a look at another new game called Shovel Knight Pocket Dungeon, uh, which is unfortunately going to be available to be played at PAX East. And I'm not going, and I'm so (laughs) mad because I want to try it. Uh, But it's it's basically – there's like a a Tetris-style like grid puzzle – and it's also like a roguelike where like you're getting gear and upgrading your character and you know like going through these like dungeons and stuff and you know it's got like a kind of uh i don't want to say like shibby but it's like kind of like a cutesy you know like hand drawn version of like the shovel knight art style yeah. um it's being developed by an indie studio called vine which we tried to look up some information about them and they're weirdly like off the grid i i actually think it's one guy I think because hand- one person. I think so because their handle on Twitter is like at Vine2D, and they always refer to themselves in like first person as a single person, not as a company. Okay, it's like Notch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. So yeah, I mean, this I think this looks great. Um, this got kind of a mixed reaction from fans, but like, I I love a good arcadey puzzle game like Tetris style, and obviously I love Shovel Knight, so. I'm down for this. Even if it's a mobile game, like I'd I'd be all in on this. Just do anything for either of you guys? Not really, no. I mean it looks kind of like Puyo Puyo Doctor Mario E with Yeah, it does some, look a lot like Puyo. Yeah, which I'm not a fan of that game. I find but it's, it's also like a roguelite mixed in though. It's not just uh, like gems. Yeah, there's like boss games. fights and yeah. stuff and Yeah, I'm also not a massive fan of rogue roguelikes just because I don't <laughs> I don't really appreciate doing the same thing over and over and over again. Unless it really hooks me like um Moonlighter did. I kinda of find it okay. a little bit frustrating. 
Um, so See, there would need to I be. I think a if real it's hook. like an arcadey, if it's an arcadey game like this, that's like the hook for me. You know, mm-hmm. it's like if the if the gameplay is fun. Like I love Tetris, right? I'll play play Tetris for no reason. But like Tetris ninety nine was something that I really got into because there was a sense of progression. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. and I, that that was what I think kind of grabbed me about this. If the price is right, like because it's coming to Switch. If the price is right, I'll, I'll pick oh, it. We, up. I don't think we know if it's coming to Switch yet. Do it, we? Um, it is. Yeah. Was it confirmed? I'm pretty sure it is in one of their press releases. But okay. they did they didn't name platforms on the trailer, but I'm pretty sure Switch was in one of the press releases. Okay, that's cool. Cuz I, I I kind of I kind of assumed it was a mobile game. I didn't know if it was going to be coming to uh to Switch just because of the name. Well, look. I figured it would be both. Mhm. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. going to look it up real quick. Yeah, go ahead and confirm that. And while you do that, uh I'll take us through the last bit of Shovel Knight news before we get to talk about Cyber Shadow. Um, where there is the final patch coming to Shovel Knight Treasure Trove, um, which I got a kick out of it because they were like, no, we're not putting out any more content. But then they're like, here's some new content. <laughs> uh, so Joustus is a game that was, uh, it's like a, like a tile, like card game that was in King of Cards. Uh, they added an ability for you to play. Um, you could only do it in single player before. And now there's like a multiplayer mode and like a free play mode that you can get in, get up to uh, by going into King Knight's room and pressing up in front of the mirror. Uh, they made some balancing changes to Shovel Knight Showdown. Uh, particularly, they clipped uh, the wings of Propeller Knight, Enchantress, and Liquid Samurai so that they can't stay in the air as long. And then they also gave Mole Knight and Liquid Samurai the ability to destroy dirt blocks so everybody can dig now. Uh, and then they also added an update to Character Gauntlet where there's like this cool new target mode where whenever you hit a special block, it changes your character. And uh, you can also play that in co-op mode as well, which is cool. And the only way to access it is through a cheat code <laughs> at the menu, which I thought was fun. Uh, so that's neat. Um, they added a new pixel scaling mode so you can get to uh, one one for one mode and like get it in the like proper dimension so it looks good on any display and uh specter of torment is going to be on a 50 percent discount sale from february 26th to march 3rd so it's on sale right now uh but i would definitely recommend that if you are going to uh like if you're interested just go pick up the treasure mm-hmm. trove like get the whole collection it's a little bit more expensive but there's a lot of content there and you know you you want to check it out so the other thing that we got to look at was like a more extended look at Cyber Shadow, which is that game that they're publishing. It's like kind of like a Ninja Gaiden style, you know, spiritual successor. This was not our first good look at it, but I feel like it was like our first really deep look at it in terms of really getting a sense of like what the story's like, getting to hear more of the soundtrack, getting to see lots of the gameplay. What do you guys think about this from I, what you've seen? I'm always immensely impressed when one person can do all of this. It's, I know. It just seems yeah. insane to me that one person can be as talented enough to do such a a, a gorgeous-looking pixel art style that kind of really does throw back to 8-bit, and then the music, and then the development. It's just the cut insane to me. Yeah, the cutscenes are so cool. They've got a real, like, um, kind of early like Metal Gear Solid style to me, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it feels like Ninja Gaiden mixed with, like, Metal Gear, mm-hmm. maybe. Because it's got that, like, you know, there's like there's all these crazy robots and everything, but the movement feels very Ninja Gaiden. Yeah, it, I mean, it's, it's, of... it's not my kind of game, just in the same way that Shovel Knight's not really my kind of game, but I think if this is your your cup of tea, you'll likely want to pick this one up on day one. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I was already interested in the game, obviously, because I'm, I'm a fan of Yacht Club, and, you know, like, when they put their weight behind something, I'm like, okay, cool, like, I want to give that a shot, at least. Uh, this was the first trailer that really, like, grabbed me, though. You know, because, like, I, I feel like before it was just kind of like, okay, it's like a pixel ninja game, mm-hmm. like, whatever. Feels like a Ninja Gaiden spiritual successor. This is the first time where I really feel like I got a sense of its personality, and like what it has to offer on like an artistic level, and I was very drawn in by that. So, as much as I am a platformer guy, I don't know that this is necessarily my style usually, but I'm I'm in for this one. I definitely going to give it a shot. It looks cool. I'm not I'm not a huge fan of the art style. I'll be honest. There's just some, it just doesn't look quite as good as you know like Shovel Knight did, for instance. Um, it's yeah. a bit too like, like rather than kind of a nostalgic look back at retro graphics, it's kind of a bit too honest towards them okay <laughs> i see what you yeah. mean yeah it, it it looks like a genesis game or yeah. something like it very much looks like that yeah especially the cutscenes. it kind of looks like you're playing like aladdin on the the mega drive i'm sure the game yeah. will draw me in though you know that's what's really important yeah uh shovel knight pocket yeah. edition is coming to switch that's the only platform it's been confirmed for so far Oh, oh, so okay. the quote is Very Shovel cool. Knight Pocket Dungeon is a mind-bending blast. Be sure to join us at PAX East to try out the new demo featuring the first few stages all playable on Nintendo Switch. I bet it comes to like Apple Arcade or something. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I would be surprised if it doesn't come to mobile platforms at some point. But oh. Um, but overall, I, I was stoked with this presentation. Like, they they very much like leaned into making it more like a Nintendo Direct, like complete with like awkward teleprompter reading and like talking to but like it worked it worked for me like it was charming you know it was like very stilted and kind of goofy and it felt like old nintendo directs um so yeah i i i'm a big fan of yacht club i love what they do and it, they've got a lot of exciting stuff in the pipe so i'm glad to to see them uh keep moving forward so uh the next rock block of news we have is all about platinum games who none of us are a fan of so forgive us um i already i can already feel max bullying me on twitter or everybody in the discord getting up in arms so i'm sorry that we don't like platinum but we're gonna talk about it anyway because i know that you guys like them you were just lucky the microphone wasn't on before we started the show because some of the things that were said by us (laughs) just a little bit of trash talk a little bit of trash talk nothing wrong with that uh whatever so uh, pixel you want to introduce this one yeah i'll do i'll do the most interesting one which is a new project project gg you know i don't think that's its actual title but hey could could i hope not um so that's like a a new ip that they're self-publishing and shout out to you for making the only good image of it on the internet right for our for our teaser image for it was just like massive font on a really smoky background (laughs) but yeah um it seems to be some kind of like superhero game where you fight other giant superheroes um or giant monsters and beyond that there wasn't really much to say about it like the teaser trailer was very much a cinematic teaser trailer and didn't give much away and yet the internet still went crazy thinking it's platinum man well it does kind of look like platinum man Who's, who's like their joke character. Mascot, yeah. yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they found a way to include him in this. Cause it, it, they like, probably just reused I, I think the you said this. Went, oh, we need a character, that'll, that'll do. <laughs> Put it on Kickstarter. I think you said this off uh, off mic pixel, where you're saying that it kind of has like a... Um, 
like a Power Rangers, like Super Sentai yeah, so kind of it, vibe, you know? It's that scene where there's like a normal man protecting a dog from a falling building, and then he kind of does like a power yeah. interpose and then transforms into a giant robot. So it's kind of got those And vibes. then like, yeah, and it looks like he's like fighting like a Godzilla-style like kaiju. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's, that, which that's is, pretty much it. <laughs> it's, honestly, it's honestly a shame because... I like I said I'm not a big platinum fan. This is a this game premise speaks to me a lot. I really like kaiju. So like a a game about just like turning into a giant robot man and fighting monsters like sounds awesome, but I just don't I'm I it's hard for me to get excited about it cuz I don't like their games. You never know, I could surprise you. You know, let's let's wait until they actually reveal, it, you know, some gameplay and stuff. Yeah. I, I don't understand why they're doing I still don't understand why they're doing this like news just continuing to do a stream of news for games that are clearly a long long way away like this doesn't even have a name it's say that, but Wonderful GG. 101 was already done and ready to print One, Wonderful 101 is the only one they should have done some news about and like they, they did this whole hype up of news and then one of the other stories that came out was the third piece of big news as they're opening a new game studio it's like Okay. I think the plan possibly could have been put Wonderful 101 on Kickstarter to get a bunch of money, even though it was already done, and then use that to fund Project GG. That's absolutely what the plan is. But I don't see why they had to like hype up and and tell us about Project GG yet, or think that saying they've got four pieces of big news and one of them is we're opening a new studio in a different city, it's like, okay... I mean that is a big piece of news but for it's not something that, them as a studio. Yeah, but I think everyone said when they had like the Platinum Four to talk about, everyone assumed it was four different games that they were going to be talking about. Not one of them yeah. was were opening a game studio to create like live services. So which is we've got one left, haven't we? After four, we had Wonderful One Hundred and One, Project GG, a new studio in Tokyo, and then there's one left. Do you think that could possibly be Bayonetta? Because we've been waiting on that for a I while. I would hope now. so. Yeah, we've heard we've heard nothing about Bayonetta three for absolutely ages. Yeah, I feel like it almost has to be right. Like we haven't. They announced it what two years ago, three years ago almost. I can't even remember to be honest. Wasn't, didn't they announce that like they announced, near the Switch's no, launch? They announced it at um the or was it E three the next no, year? No, no, they announced it at the Game Awards in twenty seventeen. I think. Okay. Or maybe in twenty eighteen. So it's launch year, yeah. So it's it's been it's been quite some time since we've gotten an update. Because it was Banner Three's. It was Banner of the Remaster is coming to Switch, and also we're working on Banner Three, which is going to be exclusive to Nintendo Switch. They're also working on. Since then, they put out Astral Chain and. They worked on. I don't think they actually did the port themselves, but they had the port of Bayonetta and that other game from the Gun Slinger thing. Yeah, um, and, they're, and they're also working on a game called Babylon's Fall for PS4, so it could potentially be some news on that one as well. And then obviously the 101 port, like it's so weird. Like that's another thing that I've always kind of been critical about them for is like I feel like they're always working on like six projects at once. And they've got quite a few studios now, and they got funding specifically I mean, they, for some stuff. So I'm guessing they've kind of got to do what they're getting paid to do alongside stuff they actually want to do. <laughs> what a novel concept. Yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah, it says right now uh, on Wikipedia, it says they have two locations and 224 employees as of 2019. Okay. Yeah, now they're opening the third one, which, third is, which is Tokyo Games. Yeah, um, so that'll probably scale them up to, you know, in the 300s. 
which they're saying is their first first true development hub outside of their main office, which is going to be Platinum Games Tokyo. And they want to focus it on their own IP. They were able to do this because of a capital alliance that they've got with Tencent Holdings. Um, but they, even though that Tencent's basically funding it, they get to retain all of the IP. I guess Tencent's just publishing their games in China and taking a that, slice of it. Yeah, and Tencent does that with a lot of their like part partners, you know, like this, where like they give them because that was like I think the same kind of deal that they ended up having with Ubisoft when Ubisoft like bought controlling shares back, like the Guillemot family like bought. Mm-hmm. Their shares back. I'm pretty sure Tencent invested like a 10% stake or something like that, and gave them a bunch of money and are like hands off. Mm-hmm. You know, like they, they, they did a, a similar thing with uh, Epic Games as well. Yes, yeah, and they've done that with a few studios and publishers, um, which is why they're so scary because they're a sleeping giant. <laughs> <laughs> um, they own like a bigger percentage of uh, of the games industry than I think any other company right now although uh thq whatever their parent company is called now i forget i know they changed it thq nordic nordic oh god no but 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 nordic is owned by like a larger yeah they are like it's uh begins with a k i can't remember the name oh it's like this koch media koch media yeah koch no 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 that's even that's a disc koch media i can't remember now no 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 no. so is. Embracer, the Embracer Group. The Embracer Group is what it's called, and the Embracer Group is a holding company that owns the THQ thing and Koch Media. Okay. Right. Yeah. They acquired Koch Media Holding in 2018, and that was when they... Which they the Coffee got. Stain. <laughs> Coffee Stain's the other one. So then all three of them combined to become the Embracer Group, and I think collectively they own like... They own like 30 studios or something Yeah, they, now. It's they fucking buy them insane. real quick. They bought like twelve. Oh, last they just year. bought Saber. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, they, they yeah. bought Saber and They bought. Here, you want to hear something fucking ridiculous? And granted, Saber's huge, and they've made a lot of great games. I'm not trying to speak ill of them. They like they spent twice what PlayStation spent on uh, Insomniac, which seems insane. They have so much money. Have you guys ever heard of? Have you ever heard of Carl Winthor's? They ha- they haven't actually paid that though. So the deal was they paid 150 million dollars up front, and then it's 375 million over the following three years based on performance. So if they don't, if Saber don't hit the targets that they've set, they won't get any money. It's totally going to be Metacritic scores, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's going to be like um, the Fallout New Vegas situation all over again. I gotta find this guy's name. Because I'm, I'm telling you, he is the most interesting man in gaming, and nobody knows who he is. Not even you. I can't. It's Winthors. Winthors is his name. He's like the f- owner. They were talking about him on Kind of Funny Games Daily a while ago. They were like looking up, like, who is he? Why does he have so much money? Where does all this money come from? He's like a millionaire, like a huge millionaire, and he's been like selling video games and stuff since he was like 16. Like, he started his first business when he was, like, 13 or 14 or whatever, and then started a video game sales business in 2016. Like, it's insane. This guy is, like, a, a comic book character. It's ridiculous. <laughs> is he the good guy or a villain? And it remains to be seen, oh. Pixel. I don't know. <laughs> Sounds like an interesting comic. All right. So that's, yeah. Go Platinum. Okay. Other news. 
Steve, you brought this one to the table. You want to you wanna intro this story? <laughs> yeah. It's a so nice little human interest piece. <laughs> yeah, there was this wild story this this week about this 95-year-old uh, grandmother whose who's Game Boy leak, uh, broke. And... No, no, no. Oh, no. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. What, what were you going to say? I, I was... I was looking at it and it said 70 and I'm sorry it was her 70 year old the she was the one who contacted Nintendo yeah yeah her 95 year old mother was that's the one right who was yeah, yeah. You're, so you're totally correct the 70 year old mother then contacted Nintendo and said my my mom's uh, Game Boy is broken can you repair it or anything um, and Nintendo like <laughs> probably not have any parts for this this console that was made in 1989 anymore but somehow managed to find uh, a brand new inbox one in a warehouse somewhere and sent it to her That's which is awesome. absolutely insane um so yeah she continued to play tetris up until her her death when she was uh, 99 so yeah it's it's crazy it's just a nice little sweet story that nintendo came, kind of came to this this 95 year old grandmother's rescue so what was the deal there though she this happened a few years ago I guess so. Yeah, I mean, it must. She have. died. It, yeah, it says her mother lived up until ninety-nine years old, in control of her mental facilities right up to the end, and counting her blessings along the way up in the sky. She's saying, "For I think, no doubt, playing Tetris too." So yeah, it was like a story that was picked up um, by Sora News on February twenty-first, and then Kotaku's translated it. Um, but yeah, it's like a really, really cool story that uh, she she like went around to all these shops and was like, "I've got this this broken broken Game Boy. My ninety five year old mother wants to play some Tetris or whatever, but she couldn't find anyone to re- to repair it." I can't um, believe there's no Game Boy repairs. Oh, you no, missed the best bit as well. Um, when her grandson found out about it, he like in Japanese said to her that Nintendo's got good support, which is like Kami Tau something i can't do japanese mm-hmm. but she mistook it and thought he said kami meaning paper so she wrote them a letter <laughs> <laughs> and that's why she got the game boy that's amazing that's amazing oh god bless nintendo uh all right so let's let's jump into uh, our our mailbag segment for this week but i have an email from one of our own uh that i, I unfortunately i had to skip last week but we're gonna jump into it now this one comes from from ram who writes in and says, to whom it may concern, I'm a longtime listener of the podcast, listening in for probably around a year and a half now. Hearing you, Pete, Steve, and Pixel, sometimes, talk about video games and Nintendo is the highlight of my week and always a treat. Unfortunately, my treat had been soured. Since time immemorial, there's been a segment on the podcast that sticks out like a sore thumb. I'm sure you're familiar with it. See, since I was first listening to the podcast, I've been having trouble with getting into one segment. It seemed off-brand. In fact, I found it to be a glaringly obvious flaw. For that reason, I would like to suggest a major change to the podcast show format. I think the listeners would be much more intrigued and interested by a rebrand of the mailbag. With the Loot Pots crew, it's clear branding is very important, and it's important that everything either be loot or a pot. Accordingly, it should now be referred to as mail pot. It might even be... It might even be fun if you had a physical pot you print the mail out and put it into (laughs) then you reach in and pull out the next letter from the mail pot attached you'll find a a project proposal i hope you'll sincerely consider this proposal love ram ram then proceeded to send me a three-page document (laughs) that that explains what seriously three pages 
Yeah, I sent it to you on Slack. It's in the Potscast chat. Look at it right now. It's it's a it's it's technically two pages, but it's it's a two page PDF. That it's a it's a it's a legitimate project <laughs> proposal. It has a summary, a background, objectives, a project approach, Risk a task breakdown. <laughs> There's an appendix that shows the income opportunities and budgetary requirements. It's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. My, my favorite part is, though, is referring to DJ by their correct nickname. DJ yeah, the Content so Lewis. In risk management, <laughs> to manage and minimize risks of this plan, I propose continued pre-recording of the podcast. If hosts and guests slip up and say mailbag or a like term instead of mailpot, DJ the Content Lewis is at liberty to record his own voice saying mailpot, dubbing it over the erroneous language. Oh. <laughs> Mailpot. Oh God, God, God bless you, Rev. God bless you. Oh man. Okay, so uh, let's jump into the mailpot this week. All right. So this first one comes from. Wouldn't you guess it? Asobi. No. Hey there, Pete, Stephen, whoever is replacing Pixel this week. <laughs> I'd like to take this week's questions to take to get some more attention to indie games that deserve some extra attention. He said attention twice in the sentence. Some extra attention, and that the listeners can check out until Animal Crossing comes out. So here are the questions for that section. Let's just call it Indie Pots. So what, everybody just gets to name their own segment now? Apparently so. All right? This is, this is my show, Asobi. You don't get to just... All right, so let's do some Indie Pots. Number one, what indie games are you looking forward to the most in 2021, and why? Elevator pitch the game for the people that don't know it yet. 2021? What in... I don't even know what indie games are coming out. 2021. Well, there's that new oh, no, I know. game. Shovel Knight Dig. Yeah. Shovel Knight Dig is coming out in 2021. Uh, elevator pitch for the game. It's a spinoff of the best indie game ever, Shovel Knight. I'm and it kind of looks like Dig Dug. I'm uh, looking forward to it. I'm still waiting on Eastwood, and I'm still waiting on um, that that game. This like the Harry Potter like uh, oh. Spellbound game. I yeah. think it's called Spellbound um, from um, Chucklefish. So that's on my high anticipation list. But whether that comes in 2020 or 2021, I don't know. Yeah, Hollow Knight Silk Song. Everyone knows what that is. Eastward. I've been waiting for Eastward. It's supposed to be out already. As they said, like early 2020. So I presume yeah, it's going to drop anytime it's probably going to be spring. There's a bunch. If you go on the upcoming games list that are just marked as spring, and it's and it's it's like in for this. It's almost this week. like so they're I, holding I them for a direct. It is, and when you look, the next gap is there's like two games coming out, and then it's like end March. It's like the first game that's like Nothing. listed on the upcoming games list to to come. So there could be a direct, there could be like an indie highlights, or there could be something. Could be both. Could be good. Could be good. Number two, what are your top favorite indie games on the Switch that are not already super popular? This inc- oh, excludes shit. Undertale, Shovel Knight, Hollow Knight, etc. Oh, well, I could say Stardew because that's not in the list. Oh, shut up. That is like the yeah. best-selling game every month. The Undertale, Pete. Delta no. Room. There's my cheap cop-out answer. <laughs> uh, okay, favorite indie games on Switch. I've got my Switch in front of me, so I'm having a look. I don't. That's all I'm trying to think. Minute yeah, is a minute. good one. I really like Minute. I like Wonder yeah. Song, Golf Story, Moonlighter. Oh, Moonlighter. Hell yeah. Um, Everyone should play Moonlighter. Not enough people yeah. have played Moonlighter. The- game whips. Thimbleweed Park. Um, Fabrizio. That's that's a little indie game. Yeah, pretty popular. I liked 7 Billion Humans. That was a good game. And um, the Human Resource Machine. Duck 
Duck game. Duck game. <laughs> I'm done. That's the answer. Duck game is the best indie game on the Switch. And Donut County is fantastic. I still need to play that. Seriously, though? Seriously, guys? I just I just want to say this again. Duck game is really good. A lot of people have not played it. It's a really good game. You I've, should really try I've it. I've never played it. It's, 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 it's ridiculously fun. It's one of the best couch co-op games. Nice and bikes, man. I'm going to plug it again. Uh-huh. There you go. Nice and bikes. There's another good one. Really I got to check it. that out. Yeah. Number three, last but not least, I want to give a shout out to Coffee Talk, a very chill and not too long visual novel-esque game about a coffee shop, the people visiting the shop and their daily struggles in society. Check out DJ's review if you want to know more. I think Pete will like it a lot. Uh, yeah, so first of all, go check out DJ's review of Coffee Shop. Thanks again to, I don't remember the name of the developer, but they gave us a code. Yeah. <laughs> I really thought one of you guys were going to save me there. Uh, but yeah, shout out to them and check out DJ's review. Uh, this is a game that's been on my radar like since right around the time it came out. I've heard some good buzz about it. It very much seems like my shit. And I know when DJ was playing it, he was like specifically saying that he thought I would love it and he really wants to do like a stream of it with me. So keep your eyes peeled for that because we'll probably Toke do that at some productions. point. Toke Productions. Thank you guys for the code. We appreciate it. Hope you like the review because we sure liked your game. So, so I want to play this now. But yeah, I can't. I've Coffee talk. I think it's only like th- three you to five hours it. long. Three yeah. to five hours. Yeah. Yeah, it's a short game. That's a perfect Steve game. It is because that's about where my interest wanes off of a lot. Coffee of and talk. Yeah. yeah, and it's and it's a slice of life, so that always works. Uh, so that that one came in from uh, Pete at Lupots.com again. You can write in over there if you want to get your thoughts right on the air. Uh, and then the rest of these are coming from our Discord, which again you can go join over there. And we got a podcast channel every week. We throw up the uh, call for your questions, and uh, these fine folks answered. So Chris, one of the regular members of the Discord, wrote in and said the Mega Man ZX Collection hit Switch this week, which means Caps. Capcom have made a working DS emulator for the Switch now. Do you think this means we could see other companies use this to bring DS games to the Switch? And what would you like to see? So this wasn't actually the first DS game on Switch. We had the World Ends With You port, which obviously was a mixed bag, but... Do, do we um, know that they ported a DS emulator? Because they could have just, like, transposed the code. <laughs> the games. Yeah, I think it's probably more likely that it was... that there was a DS emulator mm-hmm. involved, but... Yeah, we don't know for sure there, Chris, and I think even if it was, I don't know that that means we'll see more DS games, because I think the problem with the DS and the 3DS is, like, porting those games to other consoles is really hard. Like, Pokemon, like, other turn-based stuff, sure. You know, Mega Man's a platformer, so, like, there's not a lot of Mm touchscreen stuff. Like, but anything that is really that involves the touchscreen is like you can't really translate. I I really want them to bring Ocarina over to Switch again, just so I can force Steve to play it. I mean, that they should do. Like, that would be another... That's not a DS right? game. Well, they released on 3DS. game that showed well, up on DS. It. The 3DS version. I really want Hotel Dusk Room 215. It is a fantastic mystery game. You held the game of the DS in, like, that book yeah. style. Yeah. Um, and you would, like, move around, pan around with the, the right-hand screen, the touch screen... And like click on elements and look at elements. It was like a point and click game, and then it had this like really cool like comic book uh, art style of like the hand drawn characters, and they would like talk to people. And it was you were this detective that was staying in this hotel, and like a mystery was unfolding, and you had to kind of um, sort uh, figure that out. They also did a sequel called Last Window: The Secret of Cape West that I've never played, so I'd love to see both of those what games did that come to, to Switch. Yeah. DS. 
So both of them are DS games, and uh, both star the same protagonist of uh, Carl Hyde. Um, and he's like entrenched in like two different mysteries. So I, I would be um, interested in seeing them be ported, but they were made by a studio that's now shut down, so I don't know as to whether that's going to happen. The same studio also did another game called um, Another Code, which was also really creative. It had like loads of puzzles in it that you had to solve. Some of them was like you would blow into the DS's microphone to blow dust off of things nice. and there was a section where you had to like rub onto a piece of paper using the DS and then you had to close the DS and it would do like an imprint um, and it would like detect that you'd close the DS and then when you open it again the puzzle would be solved because it had like imprinted um, what you'd drawn down onto the other side and it would like reverse it cool. so it was like some really really cool uh, creative uses of the DS and I'd love to see them um, do stuff like that they also made a, a sequel to another code that was released on, on the Wii which was okay but it didn't wasn't as creative as the DS version I'm boring. I, I, the, the only DS games I, that really came to mind, it's like, oh, I would love it if they ported the Gen 4 Pokemon games <laughs> like in their proper pixel art. Um, I would I would love if they brought the Chrono Trigger port that's like the definitive version of Chrono Trigger on DS to Switch because I've never played that. Just that would be cool. for the Switch uh, Pro, you know, where it's got a clamshell design. There you go. Mm-hmm. Two screens. Uh, so this next one comes from Dereal Kip on Discord. Both Nintendo and Sony fans are begging for info. Which group is the worst? I mean, I think it's pretty clear it's Nintendo. Well, are the worst? They're the, they're the worst fans, or they're Nintendo's the worst? Worst in terms of begging for yeah, info. Yeah, like, because yeah. don't get me wrong, like, I think there's plenty of Sony fans that are, like, eager to learn about the PS5 and, like, what games are coming next, but, like... Up, the, up until recently. Any time that Nintendo says anything now, it's just like, what's the direct? What's the direct? Look at the longest direct drought. These directs don't count. I don't want to learn about Animal Crossing. That's the thing, though. No. So Nintendo mad. fans are used to having directs for like how many years now? Five? Something like that. Whereas yeah. they've only just started the Sony State of Play presentations. So, like, Sony fans are a bit more used to waiting for big events to get big news, whereas Nintendo fans have now become accustomed to just being drip fed announcements so when they don't do that direct people are like but we've had like we've had like four presentations in the last two months and yeah it might have been about it might have been about games that you you don't care about but there's there's still presentations and still people are asking for more more more. we had we've had like a pokemon one an indie one and an animal crossing a smash one one. an animal crossing also wait shut up real quick they've been doing them since 2011 wow drax or yeah yeah. That's insane. We should go back that's, and watch the very first direct. It'll be Reggie, oh, won't dude, it? That would be a great YouTube video. We should just go back and watch old directs. <laughs> Get excited for games. <laughs> just do like a hypercut of us reacting to them, you know? Digital, digital Foundry do like a series where they do that. They like watch like the unveiling of the PS3 and then just laugh at how unrealistic all of the stuff that they said oh, it would do dude. and... And like, here's a tech demo of a thousand ducks. Oh, Did yeah, you remember the Zelda Wii U tech demo? Definitely. It's a giant yeah, remembers yeah. the Zelda Wii U tech demo. And then everyone was disappointed that it didn't yeah. look like that. I mean, if we're gonna, if we're talking about old stuff like that we want to watch, I want to watch the reveal of the DS when Reggie was introduced to the <laughs> yeah, world. Take a name. I mean... <laughs> I'm here to kick ass and make games. <laughs> <laughs> Taking names, my body is Reggie. I I can't. Um, the, the The problem I have with that original DS is the the prototype he held up looks so much better than the first version. 
that was released. Oh, yeah. It looked so yeah. cheap and horrible. And then they just totally refined it for the DS Lite. That was like some of those internal versions of consoles are so cool. Like, have yeah. you ever seen the um the not the debug? But it was like the test units that they gave out for the original PS One, and they're like cobalt okay. blue. Oh no, I haven't seen those. They're yeah, nice so nice. fucking cool. They are so cool. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I want one of those so bad. Uh, all right, so this one... Oh, you know what? We actually did... We, we talked about this last week. This one comes from John o- o- Olaf on Discord. What animal in Animal Crossing New Horizons is in the tombstone? Go check out our episode last week with Chewy. I actually do want to know what anim- uh, what Pixel's view on Animal Crossing is. Like, he wasn't on the last on last week's show. Like, What did you make of the direct, and are you excited for Animal Crossing? Yeah, I'm more excited than I've ever been for an Animal Crossing game. Um, and I've never really played for an Animal Crossing game because it just didn't appeal to me. But with like terraforming and changing the landscape and stuff, it seems like they've gone a bit more down the road of something I'd be yeah. interested in now. You're going to have to wait, though. You're going to have to play through the entire game before you can get your pass uh, in order to, to change the landscape. Do the terraforming. Yeah. yeah. Or just play on an island and use the same DS. Let your your partner just play through oh no that's the thing i want to play with my missus so you know yeah but you're gonna have to play it on the same ds why on the same ds on the same got ds imprinted (laughs) in his mind yeah i let it go the first time and i was just like in my brain it's because we've spoken about the ds before what games ds games we want to come and then we just spoke about reggie and the ds Steve's gone back like six years so wait so you're not going to get two copies of the game pixel oh i'm going to get two copies yeah you and okay so you're not going to live on the same island together. Can you not do that online? You have to you have the own... visit the same island, but yeah. you'll both have your own. Yeah. If you both have okay. your own copy. Whereas if you play on one console, you you both share an island. And you'd both have your own house yeah. on the island. It's really, really annoying. We spoke about it, it in last week's episode. <laughs> you, If you want to have your own island, you have to have two consoles. That like you can't. There's no way out And two of copies it. of the game. And two copies of the game. Whereas if you want to share an island you have to have play it on the same switch yes. yeah that's really <laughs> is this why they didn't do cloud saves because if you created a profile yes it absolutely yeah. is why they didn't do cloud saves yeah yeah that makes sense yup this next one comes from skate on discord hey podcast team i was thinking about when pokemon was announced versus when it was released slash played and how fans were disappointed with the lack of real progress of the game structure do you think Animal Crossing will be what fans expected Pokemon to do in terms of revolutionary development and content? First of all, I don't I don't know that I don't know it's fair to say that like everyone was disappointed. There was a segment of the fans that were disappointed, but I think that's true of everything. And I think that is going to be true of Animal Crossing on some level, but probably not enough for it to impact the game. Cause I like What more can you expect I feel like from the Animal Crossing than what it already does? Well, and they're yeah. adding a lot. Like, with crafting, with terraforming, like, there's a lot of new stuff that fundamentally changes the way you play the game. So that's already pretty revolutionary, quote-unquote revolutionary development and content. Um, But I also think that the Animal Crossing community is a lot different than the Pokemon community. Mm -hmm. And the Animal Crossing community is, like, overwhelmingly positive, and they get excited about, like, listen to our episode last week. We had, like, we had more people write into that show than we've had on any other episode because uh, Chewie's fan base is, like, rabid, and they're asking about, 
like the most minute de- and I don't mean this with any kind of shade but like they're like they're so in the nitty gritty of like did you see that there's no hanging lamps I was and, literally like, going to say that's and- the one thing that stood out was was Chewie even mentioned on the show I was like oh, I noticed that there was one little niggling thing that I noticed you couldn't hang things from the ceiling I was like oh okay yeah, I wouldn't have even that, kind of yeah. considered that that was an issue yeah um, and that's the thing like the and so don't get me wrong do I think that there will be people who are disappointed yeah but I honestly think that the most backlash that will come to Animal Crossing is going to be from people who do not play Animal Crossing. I think I could see people being like, because there's always been that kind of narrative around Animal Crossing and games like it, right? Like Harvest Moon and your Stardew Valleys and stuff where it's like, it's not a real game, it's not a real game for real gamers or whatever. I think that's going to be the negative narrative around Animal Crossing. I think Animal Crossing fans are going to go apeshit for it because they're already going apeshit for it. And it's not even out. Unless it comes out and it really sucks, and I can't imagine it will, because A, why would it? Like, there's only been one bad Animal Crossing game, it was on the Wii, and it was the control scheme that was the worst, and there was no innovation, really. And this game has tons of innovation, it's on a console that everyone loves, it's been six years, seven years since the last game came out. So they got a slam dunk on their hands, I think. I'd be shocked if it was bad and people didn't like it. Yeah, but I do. I do think, uh, like, I think from from what Skate said, I do think pe- people were disappointed with the progress in Pokemon. Most of the reviews did seem yeah. to mention like it's not that big of a, a jump from the previous games. There's no real kind of um, movement in terms of where the game goes. You also mentioned some of it in your review, like I wish oh, yeah. there was more of the wild area, stuff like that. That's very much what I thought about the game. I just mm-hmm. I don't I don't know that everyone feels that way. Whereas Animal Crossing, I think um, I don't actually think is that big of a jump in terms of what what they've added. But it is. You don't a, think so? No, I think it, I I don't. I think it follows a very much similar structure. They've just added some additions mm-hmm. on top of it, like the terraforming is probably the biggest thing that's changed. The ability to place items outside, stuff like that. It's just. I think it's a lot of things that people have been asking for, but it's not something that fundamentally changes the way the game plays. Whereas I think what Pokemon fans, a lot of Pokemon fans seem to want was, we want a 3D open world, go around, navigate, free move the camera wherever we go. With which every does Pokemon fundamentally ever change the way Pokemon changes. Yes. Yeah. Um, just, just that. Just that. Not that. We're not asking for much. <laughs> But I, I'm I'm excited for Animal Crossing. I, I still am. See, it's and, funny. I oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. And really and it seems that tons of people are. It's 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 not even March yet when we're recording this, and it's already. Well, I think the day after the direct, it became number one on the charts on most eShops around the mm-hmm. world. People are excited for this game, and they're pre-ordering it like crazy since they've seen the what, what's in the game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't. I, I kind of disagree that it that it's not major. I mean, obviously the terraforming is the biggest thing, but I, I think um, the crafting is another thing that really yeah, the fundamentally changes huge, the yeah. flow of the game and the fact that the shop is always open, or at least the the one version of the shop is always open. Like that does really fundamentally change the flow of the game because and the decorating outside and terraforming, right? Mm-hmm. Because now you have full control over how the entirety of your town looks from like you know stem to stern. But when you explain the game to people. It's still the same yeah. game. It's not like if I explain Pokemon and what people wanted it to be, which was entirely like the wild area. Oh, it's an open world game and you can travel and you can do this. That's not what Pokemon really was before. And that seems to be where people want that Pokemon franchise to go in the mainline game. Yeah, 
I mean, fair enough, but I, I think that, like, you can't really fundamentally change what Animal Crossing No. You can make is, it a battle you know, royale because the whole... <laughs> Did you guys see that? There's been a lot of really great memes coming out around Animal Crossing. There was a one, this one I saw recently where it was like, oh, look, they just revealed a new event, and it was the Tom Nook, like, when he's making mm-hmm. the announcement, and it just says, all crime uh, has been made legal for the next 24 <laughs> hours. You know, it's just like a purge <laughs> event. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I mean, I think I think these are revolutionary steps forward for Animal Crossing. Yeah, I do too. You can't really reinvent it that much without changing what it is and what makes it good. Whereas like Pokemon's an RPG, right? Like mm-hmm. at the end of the day, like as long as the battle mechanics are the same, like you can you can change, change that though. Like you can look at like else. Fallout Two to Fallout Three, and yeah, I know it was a change of development studios and and change of ownership. Both are RPGs. They're very different games. Yeah. I just... You can't do that with Pokemon's main series. Why not? Because you're too precious about it. No, but look at like look at every single. No, honestly, game. honestly, I don't, I don't mean this is gonna come off some way, but like I feel like you guys saying that it's it, it comes from a place of ignorance. You know, it's like because you don't really like you haven't really engaged with mm-hmm. the metagame of Pokemon, and that would be like being like, oh, why don't you just like what if Mario wasn't a platform? That'd be great. You yeah, know, but like Mario changed from a 2D to a 3D platformer, and yeah, it's still a, a platformer, but it fundamentally changed yeah. the way the game played, and they have to like think, figure out well, how the puzzle's going to work in a 3D space rather than we've got to jump from ledge to ledge to ledge. Like, that's what I'm saying you could change with, with Pokemon. You could change like yeah. that aspect. Yeah, the turn-based jrpg light combat maybe can't change. But a lot of the game could. You could, you could change the Light. combat to like, um, like semi-turn-based, like real-time combat, where it's like it's still turn-based, but it's got more of a flow to it. Again, you could do that as a spin-off, but you can't. That can't be the main game. Like, there, you just can't because it because it would change the entire game. It would be a different game, and that's not what people want. They want the they want the trimmings around it to change. You know, you want because it's like it's like Zelda, right? Like. At the end of the day, like Breath of the Wild was a total reinvention in so many ways, but it's also still an action adventure game where you solve puzzles and swing a sword. Yeah, but I would say yeah, it's, it's very it's different. It's not like it's you no go from linear. dungeon yeah. to dungeon. Like, That's my point, though, right? There's there's you hundreds can... of tiny little mini dungeons rather than like four big ones that you go through. Yeah, that's my point, though, right? That's a progression change, not a like like it's the same content. You're just doing it in a different way. Well, that's and what, that's what that's I'm like. That's what I think. Pokemon. If you changed it from like a not if you change the battle system. That's the whole. That's the only thing I'm saying can't change. Is like the 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 turn based battle system. You know, is I think like, they should add permadeath for Pokemon. I'd be fine with that. Just make Nuzlocke a canon option. You can just pick that. You know, from the beginning. <laughs> well, like, like, oh, it's like Fire Emblem. Your, yeah, your Pokemon die permadeath. Whatever. This conversation got so off track. <laughs> I'd be totally fine with that. Yeah, this is a weird, uh, a weird mail pot segment. Um, so we're getting a little long on the tooth, but I mean, name that game doesn't take that long. So I want to do it. Plus, if you want DJ's wrath to come down on you, that's your choice. Can you keep we it at five minutes, Pixel? All right, let's do it. Insert the jingle. Roll that theme music, DJ. Podcast. recap of the of the rules you're going to read out some descriptions you're going to blank out the names and potential characters we're going to say our name to buzz in and say it and it's like what best out five uh, 
We'll see how many we've got. We've, mm, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Okay. We'll see how it goes. You ready? Okay. Fingers on yeah. buzzers. Yep, I'm ready. The blank is dying. After a powerful storm sets a series of devastating events in motion, Blank must journey to find courage and confront a dark nemesis to save the forest of Blank. Blank tells a tale of a young orphan destined for heroics for a visually stunning action plan. Pete. Ocarina of Time? No. Fuck. It's not an orphan. <laughs> Through a visually stunning action platformer crafted by Blank. Featuring hand-painted artwork, meticulously animated character performance, a fully, <clears throat> a fully orchestrated score, and dozens of new features in the definitive edition, Blank explores... You've already done your turn, man. Uh, he didn't... Can I buzz it? I get no. to listen to the entire description now, Pete. Okay, that's, how, right, that's right. how the game works. A fully orchestrated score and dozens of new features in the definitive edition, Blank explores a deeply emotional story about love and sacrifice and the hope that exists in us all. I'll be honest, I have no no idea. Can I go then? No points for that one? No, no. Oh, can, I just, can I just answer, though? Go on, then. Nino Kuni? No, Ari in the Blind Forest. Oh, yeah, that's oh. why I never would have got it, because I've never played that game. I guess that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so, nil-nil. In the blank, players take command of three explorers and a legion of adorable blank in a fight for survival. By employing the unique Pete. abilities... Pikmin 3. It is Pikmin 3. Yes! <laughs> How did you guess number 3 as well? Because he said it was three characters Explorers. and a legion oh, okay. of... So I was like, it's Pikmin, the legion. There's Pikmin 3 is the only one with three characters. Pikmin, the legion. Is that a sequel? <laughs> Hell yeah. Blank is a slapstick stealth sandbox where you are a blank let loose on an unsuspecting village. Pete. Untitled Goose Game. It is Untitled Goose yeah! Game. Come What's on, up? Steve. I'm doing badly. Today. That's how it always goes, though. I get, I'm, I kill it in the beginning, and then I lose. <laughs> <laughs> Every time. Travel to blank and meet blank to begin a safari to take the best possible photographs Steve. of 63. Pokemon Snap. I think Pete was in the Oh, last year. fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's up? <laughs> Okay, I'll do one more because there's no way you're crawling back from this, Steve. Blanks have long protected the kingdom from evil, but when they start disappearing mysteriously, Blank and Blank must travel together to restore them and keep the dark forces at bay. Fight enemies and explore a world as you travel by train and take control of a hulking suit of armor. Oh, hmm? suit of armor? And train? Pete? Go on. Is it Xenoblade? It is not. Okay. Trying to read it one more time, Steve? Oh, yeah, go on then. I don't think I'll get Blanks it. Blanks have long protected the kingdom from evil, but when they start disappearing mysteriously, Blank and Blank must travel together to restore them and keep the dark forces at bay. Fight enemies and explore the world as you travel by train and take control of a hulking suit of armor. Is it that, that cat robot game? No, it's not, is it? It's not, no. It was The Legend of Zelda Spirit Tracks. I've never Oh, I've see, I was going to guess that, but then I, I don't know. Something about it didn't sound right. So, Suit of uh, Armor. That was what threw me off. Who, who, who? Link and Zelda. Oh. <laughs> I'll give you one more, just so you can get one point. Oh, I, I would have got Pokemon Stab. I think I came in first anyway. Maybe. We'll, we'll have DJ review that one. Give Steve the point. Blank is a single-player, role-playing game set in the world of Blank, 
that combines narrative-driven exploration with unique puzzles and card battle mechanics. Crafted. Is it that um, Shovel Knight game? It's not. (laughs) Or is it that SteamWorld one? You can't guess twice. It's the SteamWorld one. Crafted by the developers responsible for some of the most iconic moments in blank, the game spins a truly regal tale of Meave, a war veteran and queen of the two northern realms. Yeah, okay, Pete. Mm-hmm. SteamWorld Dig 2? <laughs> nice. SteamWorld Quest! No, no! You're going to kick Quest. yourself. Lyria and Rivia <laughs> facing an imminent oh, oh, Guardian invasion. Game. <laughs> Throne Breaker, the Witcher Tales. Damn. <laughs> wow, yeah. You both suck. Hey, man, whatever. I still won. I'm just, I'm, um, that was terrible. I feel like that's the first time I've ever won. I don't know if that's actually true, but I feel like it is. Maybe. Uh, no, I think you've won one before. Not the first, it's the second. <laughs> sweet, sweet victory! Yeah! Hell yeah, baby. What's up? Winning this one, bringing the gold back to America! <laughs> Alright, so uh, if you guys uh, enjoyed that, let us know. We can always do more Name That Game. If you want to send in your own submissions, uh, you can hit us up at Pete at Lupots.com or right on the Discord or on Twitter. Uh, all the places that we always take questions. If you want to have your uh, thoughts read during the MailPot segment, thanks again to Ram for that rebrand. Uh, and maybe I'll post that I'll post that document in the Discord if you guys want to check it out for yourself. It's a really impressive proposal. Uh, so go head over to the Discord and uh, join us there. We're always in there chatting, so if you want to come connect with us, it's a great way to do so. Uh, you can also show your support by heading over to patreon.com slash Support us at that $5 level. Get access to our Patreon-exclusive show, After Dark, where we talk about everything but Nintendo. It's we a talk great time. about Nintendo sometimes. Rarely. Only when you're on and you try to make us, and then Steve and I are like, <laughs> no, nah, let's talk about hot cross buns. With cheese. <laughs> cheese in. Yeah. With cheese. Uh, so yeah, go check that stuff out. Show your support. Help us keep the lights and the mics on. Uh, you can go over to loopots.com if you want to check out our news and reviews, including DJ's Coffee Talk Review. Uh, we're also on YouTube and Twitch and all the other places that people make content. Follow at Loopots on Twitter, and uh, we'll catch you next time for another episode of the podcast. <laughs>